Great week to have Jeff Diamond on this network. This is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider with the former Vikings general manager, former president of the Tennessee Titans. He uh, he got to the cusp of the Super Bowl as a Vikings general manager. He came within a couple feet of winning a Super Bowl as Titans general manager. Uh, he has great perspective on what's going on this week. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl teams, what the Vikings might be able to learn from the Super Bowl uh, teams. The fact that Belichick, Carroll, and Vrabel all went unhired during this interview process. Mike Zimmer interviewing in Dallas. And what speculation, what crazy speculation, or may, or is it crazy speculation, you should be paying attention to this time of the year because a lot of stuff's getting thrown around. So let's get to it. Uh, we are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. Uh, we want to thank our longtime sponsors, White Bear Lake Superstore and Platinum Bank, Best way to listen to this podcast or any other show you like at TalkNorth.com, please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Good companion show to this one is our Viking Update show, where John Krasinski and I talk about the Vikings through the prism of having covered the team for many years. But this is special because we have Jeff, who's sat in the hot seat, who can tell us what it's like in there. So let's start with this. Is there a lesson, are there lessons that this Vikings team can learn from the two teams that did make it to this Super Bowl? Yeah, definitely, Jim. There, there are plenty of lessons for, for uh, Quasi Adolfo Menza and Kevin O'Connell to, to learn and try to emulate as they analyze what brought the Chiefs and the 49ers to the, to the top of the NFL. And, and, and I guess I, I would start with doing a better job of, of protecting the football, <laughs> which we know the Vikings had the second most giveaways in the league with 34. That's nothing new to, to O'Connell. He was preaching it all season, but it never seemed to, to change enough to the good. And you think about 49ers had only 18 giveaways versus 34 by the Vikings, which was second worst, as I said, and the 49ers had the sixth fewest then you, you talk about the Chiefs. They had some problems early in the year with, with some drop passes that were converted into deflections and turnovers. But later in the year, things have settled down. They haven't dropped as many balls. And in the in the postseason, they they have only two giveaways in their three wins. And and so you talk about why has Patrick Mahomes been so successful? Why have the Chiefs been so successful, especially the last two years? with winning six straight postseason games, including last year's Super Bowl. Well, a big part of that success is Mahomes has 11 touch touchdown passes, no interceptions, and only one loss fumbles in those six games. So I think that's lesson number one. Number two, protect the quarterback. The Vikings allowed 47 sacks, got worse as the year went on. Kansas City only allowed 28 sacks, second fewest. San Francisco also very strong, six fewest sacks allowed, 34, run the ball better. The Vikings rushing attack has, has been inconsistent for a few years, ranked 29th last year, presented a, a really huge problem, especially when the backup quarterbacks had to play and, and were under pressure when they couldn't run the ball effectively enough. 49ers third ranked in rushing. Christian McCaffrey leads the league with, with four, over 1,400 yards. The Chiefs were 19th. But Isaiah Pacheco is the postseason rushing leader. So I think those are three key things on offense. And then on defense, pressure the quarterback better. The Vikings started the year pretty strong. But it fell off as the year went on, especially after DJ Wanham got hurt and exposed the young secondary. 
Kansas City, second in sacks with 57. 49ers were seventh with 48. And and the 49ers would have been higher if Nick Bosa hadn't held out because he got off to a slow start. So I think those are, are key things. Another key thing, which, which we've talked about often, keep your stars. <laughs> and you, you talk about crazy rumors out there. You read about, will the Vikings trade Justin Jefferson? No. No, they won't. It's crazy. <laughs> No, that's crazy. You don't you don't trade a Hall of Fame caliber player that that has developed here and is still only 24 years old. So they have to keep obviously and, and Jefferson. They have him under team control for two more years anyway. Right between his, his fifth year option coming up, and then his, they could franchise him. But but I fully expect them to get the extension done, as you and I talked about last week. At, at in excess of 30, 30 million a year. Kirk Cousins, I think he's a guy you got to keep. And you and I have talked about that repeatedly. Daniil Hunter also, they can find the cap room to do these deals, as we've discussed, by getting Cousins' number down, getting Jefferson's number down, even as they extend him to a big deal because he's under contract for $19.7 million this year. The Chiefs, yeah, they did trade Tyreek Hill. And they've had some some receiver pains as a result of that, but because they've they've got the best player in the league in Mahomes, he he's been able to win with Tyreek and without him. And now Rasheed Rice has finally emerged out of that receiver core. And then of course he's also got the the best tight end in the league in Travis Kelsey, and they've been hot in, in postseason. So I I think you keep your stars. The 49ers made Nick Bosa the highest paid non quarterback. 34 million a year. They've kept most of their other stars, Fred Warner, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Trent Williams, the tackle. And then they went out last year and signed the top interior defensive lineman in free agency and Javon Hargrave. So I think for the Vikings to be able to challenge the Lions and Packers in the NFC North and be a return to the playoffs in 2024, they've got to find a way to keep these star players, their best players. And then Obviously, obviously, as we've often discussed, draft better. And the Chiefs, 49ers have drafted well. The Vikings, not so great the last two drafts with only a, a few impact players out of it. Uh, Jordan Addison, Ty Chandler. Beyond that, it's, it's really hard to come up with too many really impact guys. Maybe Ivan Pace was an undrafted guy they signed. So they have got to develop the guys they have drafted, Include, including maybe Lewis Seen, we'll see. Uh, they've got to get the corners to play better, the young corners, Blackman, Evans, Booth, or find replacements for them in the draft or free agency. They should have some room to go after some people. So th- those are the lessons that I would point to as, as the Vikings look at these Super Bowl teams this coming weekend. And in I'm going to shift off Super Bowl here for a second because we got into the area of drafting, and I have a draft question I want to ask you about. Brad Holmes, the Lions general manager, who's done such a great job through the draft and building that team, he said a couple interesting things in his uh, end-of-the-season press conference. One was that, hey, this this is just the first step. This team is on its way. Um, The second was he kind of ripped on everybody who ripped on his draft picks, and I think if there's a lesson from the Lions, I mentioned in your perspective, but you know they didn't really worry about, okay, should you take a running back in the first round? Should you take a linebacker in the second round? They didn't worry about perception about 
you know, positional values. They just drafted good players. Is that is there a lesson there? Yeah, I think there is. I think that you want to take the highest rated guys that you've got uh, at at any position, unless it's a, unless you've got a franchise quarterback already, which they felt they had in Jared Goff, and he proved them right this season. Had had a really good season, but otherwise, take guys at any position. Really, now maybe the Vikings don't necessarily need an offensive tackle when they've invested a first rounder in Darisaw and a, and a second rounder in O'Neill, and those guys are our premier players, even though they they didn't always play like it last year, partially due to injury. But yeah, if if it ends up being an edge rusher is the best guy, they could certainly use that position. If it's a corner, if it's an interior offensive lineman, if it's a center, I'm still not I'm I'm still not convinced Garrett Bradbury is a is a top 15 center in the NFL. And so I think there are a lot of ways that, that the team can improve. And as you said, uh, the, the Lions took a lot of heat. I'm taking Jameer Gibbs, for example, and, and, and for trading Hawkinson, which he's been great for the Vikings, but they turn around and replace him with, with a Pro Bowl tight end and Sam Laporta. And so that, that worked out okay for Detroit. And I think the Vikings definitely need to to study how some of these other top drafting teams are doing it. Uh, we know GMs like John Schneider in Seattle, they've, they've found impact guys in the later rounds. And that's, that's been an issue for the Vikings other than a guy like maybe Ty Chandler in the fifth round two years ago, they, they've got a hit on more of those later round picks to add more quality depth to the team when you do get hit with injuries. And, and so We'll see how, how it all turns out. But I, I think, yeah, there's definitely lessons with, with what's happened draft-wise. And especially, especially the danger in trading down in the first round. And they're at number 11 this year. They're at number 12. Two years ago, they traded out of 12, went down to 32, and passed on, as we've talked about, Kyle Hamilton, Trent McDuffie, two first-team all-pro secondary players that could have really helped this team. And... I think it's very dangerous when you trade down that far in the first round. And so I, hopefully they've, they've also learned a lesson on that. And then we'll see what happens come April with that number 11 pick and whether they go quarterback or pass rusher and maybe hope for a quarterback to fall to round two. We'll have plenty of time to discuss that in the next couple months. <laughs> yes. And to me, there have been two I don't know what you want to call them stories, two pieces of speculation or wild rumor mongering that have been out there lately. I'm interested in your take on both of them. The first is it feels like Drake May is becoming the hot riser, the fast riser in the draft. Everybody is praising him. Size, mobility, intelligence, big arm, ability to throw the deep ball, ability to throw uh, you know tight spots, arm strength. It feels like he is the guy who is going to be considered a better prospect than he was a college player in a lot of ways. And a lot of a lot of the speculation I've seen out there is that the Vikings are, are really want to trade up to get him. Do you buy that? Well, I, I think it's going to be really hard to do when you go from eleven to if he's the second guy after Caleb Williams, or if he's the first guy. To go that far up, it's going to cost you probably your your first and second round picks this year, your first and second round picks maybe for the next two years. And do you want to mortgage the future that much for a quarterback, a rookie quarterback, 
unless you're absolutely convinced that he's the next Patrick Mahomes, I, I wouldn't do that. I, I'd rather stay at, at 11 and, and maybe even take a J.J. McCarthy or, or somebody like that or move down a little bit in the first round and take McCarthy. Or Michael Penix scares me a little bit watching him in the, in the title game, and he's also 24 years old. But that, that's not a big deal because quarterbacks can play well into their 30s. So, yeah, I think it's, it's uh, Drake May has, is, is getting kind of that, that pre-draft love and that buzz. But, again, it's just hard to, to get all that excited about these rookie quarterbacks because we know, Jim, that if they're talking about five guys with first-round first round grades this year, you know that at least two of those guys are going to be busts. And whether that's Zach Wilson a couple years ago, whether it was Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen out of, out of another draft uh, when Mayfield was number one, and even Mayfield has been, had a spotty career, even though he played well last year for the Bucks, And so it's, just, it's dangerous, that whole quarterback first-round game and the Vikings know it well historically from Christian Ponder, of course. <laughs> yes, no doubt about it. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Super Well, let me ask you one more quarterback question. Um, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by Penix because he was my guy all year. I loved the season he had. Uh, leadership, accuracy, quick release, mobility, uh, played really well in big games in the regular season, had a great semifinal game. And then in the final – Against Michigan, he got beat up. Uh, he made mistakes. He didn't look comfortable. How much does one game change the perception of a draft prospect? Well, it's going to have an impact, but I, I don't think it should change it dramatically because they have to look at the total picture of the player and his, his body of work, and, and he was great in the semifinal, certainly, and, and during the regular season. So I, th- I think there's a little bit of a concern injury history-wise with Michael Penix, too. And he, he's not maybe built as stout as some of these other first-round guys. But he, he definitely has been productive. We know that. And that, that championship game will play into the evaluation, but it's, it's not the sole, sole focus. And, and if he's a guy that, that the Vikings really like at 11 – and I, I could see them jumping on him or McCarthy, perhaps, because I just think those first three guys are going to be gone, and I don't think the Vikings are going to want to mortgage the future with, the, with what it's going to take to move up and get Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Jaden Daniels. So, but it's it's going to be an interesting and a lot of speculation certainly over the next period of time, and 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 I would definitely be very surprised if they don't take a quarterback at least in the second round or the first round of this coming draft. Yep, on the same page. All right, let's get to the Super Bowl. Mike Zimmer, the coaching carousel. Uh, first, though, we want to thank our longtime sponsors, White Bear Lake Superstore. Yeah, thanks, Jim. White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC, my great friend, the owner, owner Paul Rubin, general manager, Charlie Gutrell, their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super-friendly premium team. Check out their website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. You'll find... 2.9% APR on new 2024 Sierra 1500. Save up to $5,000 on new 2024 Sierra 1500 Denali's. $6,500 off MSRP or 0.9% APR on new 2023 Buick Enclaves. And a lease special on 2024 Hummer EVs. The Wiper Lake Superstore 
is the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. Visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Happy to talk about our great sponsor, Platinum Bank. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder, have personally experienced tremendous customer service, working with Executive VP Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. So, Jeff, I covered my first Super Bowl following the 1989 season, 49ers-Broncos in New Orleans. Uh, Young guy, new to the NFL. Uh, thrilled to be on an expense account in New Orleans. I uh, had a blast. Uh, the game wasn't very good, but it was fascinating to see the 49ers and how they operated. And obviously, Montana was incredible that day. Uh, and it was a the Super Bowl was obviously a big deal. It was a huge deal in American life. Has it even grown since then? And, and tell us about your first Super Bowl experience and how much the game has changed or grown, if it has. Yeah, my first Super Bowl experience was, was the Vikings' last Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> which was Super Bowl eleven, going way back to Pasadena in in January of nineteen seventy seven, and and certainly it was a thrill. It was my first season in the NFL as, as a a rookie assistant PR director under Merrill Swanson and that that Viking organization with Bud Grant and the Purple People leaders and Fran Tarkin and Chuck Foreman. Ahmad Rashad and Sammy White. Just it, it, we we had a really exciting season. The big conference championship went over the Rams, but the the Super Bowl then was just so so different compared to to today. And it was kind of the, the the tickets were just starting to become more popular, shall we say? And, and so our, our players spent a lot of time in the ticket business that week in Pasadena. Or we were staying down in Costa Mesa, and and it was. I think interesting to see how difficult it was to get them out of the ticket business and and as they were trying to sell them and scalp them and all this and that, it just really was ridiculous. Uh, but I think overall, just the the hoopla of the Super Bowl, the, there there was no massive media day at that point. We just had the the media sessions at our at our team hotel, and it just has changed so much to. To the Monday before the Super Bowl, when they have these, the, the big Super Bowl Monday deal at at, at the at the stadium, and and all the players are talking, and uh, interesting that they they moved up Roger Goodell's press conference from Friday to Monday this year. I don't I don't know why they necessarily did that because when he used to do it on Friday, he was kind of a standalone deal, but now did it in this case on a on a uh, on a Monday, and so yeah, I think it's just it's changed. In terms of how many people travel to the game, in terms of, of the peripheral 
activities. We, we still had the big Friday night commissioners party, uh, but now there, there are more additional parties and concerts that are connected to the Super Bowl and just an influx of people. And then this year being in, in, in Vegas, wow, it's just gotta be a crazy zoo there. And I was over at, at IFA, uh, the agent for my work with, and a bunch of those guys were getting ready to go. And I was thinking, I'm kind of happy I'm not going this year <laughs> because it's going to be crazy in Vegas for sure this weekend. Yes, it is. It just what really strikes you when you cover a Super Bowl or when you're around a Super Bowl is just how many how many journalists are there, how many international journalists are there. Uh, just the crazy scene, the athlete, superstar athletes just walking through all the superstars from outside football, the game attracts. It really is a spectacle. And, you know, Jeff, there was a time when people complained about the Super Bowl because the games just weren't, there was all this hype and the games just weren't that good. That's really not the case anymore. We've seen it. The, the league is so good right now. The quarterback play is so good right now that almost all the Super Bowls are good. Yeah, they really are. And you, you look back to last year, 38-35, Mahomes versus Hurts, and the Chiefs beat the Eagles, and, and some great thrilling games in recent years. And even going back, and you talk about Kyle Shanahan and, and how he's trying to get over that hump from blowing two major leads and the 28-3 to lead that he lost to Brady when he was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta. And then, of course, this is a rematch of, of the Super Bowl four years ago when the Chiefs were down 20 to 10, came back with 21 fourth quarter points by, led by Mahomes, and, and they, they win 31 to 20. Kyle Shanahan, of course, was the head coach in San Francisco at that time, too. So, yeah, there have been some really good games in recent years, and, and I, I fully expect this to be a, a close game again this year. So, I, I think it'll be. A fun one to watch. There's a lot of star power on, on both teams and a, a great head coach matchup with, with Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan and a great quarterback matchup, of course, with Mahomes going for his third Super Bowl title in, in his fourth appearance in five years. Pretty remarkable that the Chiefs are kind of the, the latest dynasty after the Patriots. Yeah, and uh, Mahomes trying to become the first uh, player to win consecutive they're, as a team, they're trying to become the first team to win Super Bowl since 2004 in the Patriots twice in a row. It just doesn't happen very often. It's so hard to do. It's it's a great story. Uh, we'll get to our pick here in a little bit. Mike Zimmer interviewing for the Dallas defensive coordinator position. Do you think this is a courtesy? Do you think they're really interested in him? I, I think they're really interested in him. He, he has had a, a close relationship with, with Jerry Jones over the years and going back to his years in Dallas as, as a secondary coach, I believe, at that time before he went to Cincinnati as, as the defensive coordinator. So, uh, And obviously he knows Mike McCarthy well from from their battles when McCarthy was, was in Green Bay. So I, I think it's more than just a courtesy thing. The interesting part of it is, of course, with with so many young coaches being hired in these, in these key positions that this would be a guy that I think Zim is whatever, 65 at this point, 66. And so that, that would be a, a, a mild surprise in, in regard to the trend to go, go young with, with uh, key coaching positions, whether it's coordinators or head coach. But then again, Mike McCarthy is no spring chicken. And, and so he, he probably wouldn't have that bias necessarily. And maybe Jerry doesn't either. So I, I think it's, I think it's serious whether it happens or not. We'll see, but, 
it, it certainly wouldn't shock me. And Mike Zimmer has a pretty good pedigree as a defensive coordinator when he's got good players to work with, which he didn't really have the last few years here with the Vikings, other than Hunter necessarily and, and a few other guys, Kendricks. But that Dallas team, they've, they've got some great players on defense, led by Micah Parsons, of course. And and the Cowboys will, will get Trevon Diggs back next year. And, and uh, they, they've got some really excellent players on that defense. I think, I think Zim would love to work with that group. Let's get to the pick in one second. First, last, next to last topic, Belichick, Carroll, and Vrabel all go unhired. I could not. I, if you told me that before the coaching cycle began, I would not have believed you. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And especially in the case of Mike Vrabel, who ha- has some really good years with the Titans. And I, I fully expected him to get the Patriots job, which went, went to, to Mayo uh, off their current staff. It's just, it, it really it is a surprise, but I think for, especially for Vrabel, he'll, he'll get back in somewhere in, in 2025. That's pretty obvious. And, and we'll see if he ends up being a coordinator somewhere, even this coming season, or if he just takes the year off. But, but Belichick and Carroll just, I think the, the age factor kind of bit them. They're both in their seventies and, and, a lot of people think, well, maybe next year for Belichick. I, I'm not so sure about that. And he now he's going to do some work with ESPN, and and so well, uh, or actually, no, I'm sorry, that's Nick Saban. <laughs> yeah, another older coach. He's he's doing the ESPN gig, but but Belichick may show up somewhere too. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. All right, let's get to the Super Bowl. So first, tell me what you'll be what factors you'll be watching for, and then what is your pick? Yeah, I think that what, what I'll be watching for is how Brock Purdy performs on the big stage. I thought he had a great game against the Lions in the championship game, but Kansas City has a, a more elite defense here, the second-ranked defense this season. And But the thing that, that Brock Purdy showed me in that game against Detroit was, was his legs, and it kind of surprised me that his, his running ability and, and his speed and made some really big plays on the ground. So I, I think that's something to watch for how effective he is, how Kyle Shanahan uses him with rollouts, with bootlegs, um, and and how they can try to block Chris Jones on that Kansas City defense who is, is such a dominant player. So th- that's a key, and I think the 49ers' ability to run the ball with McCaffrey behind Trent Williams is going to be something to watch too. And then, of course, I think the, the other keys on the Chiefs' side is are, are the Chiefs going to be effective catching the ball and, and the Mahomes to Kelsey connection. And Kelsey has just really stepped up with three touchdown receptions in the last two games, playing great. And, of course, Mahomes. Um, Jim, I've, I've learned my lesson on Patrick Mahomes this postseason because I, I picked Buffalo to beat Kansas City. I picked Baltimore to beat Kansas City. I was wrong both times. And I'm not picking against Patrick, Patrick Mahomes again because I think he is the key to this game with his ability to, to make plays under duress, off schedule. The 49ers will put some pressure on him with Bosa and Hargrave and Armstead and, and Chase Young, that, that great front four. And I think the 49ers, are, it's, it's kind of interesting that they've kind of been called out by some of their own players about the effort that they put out in the championship game against Detroit. And so I, I think that they're going to be fired up for this game, which, why wouldn't you be? It's a Super Bowl. And so I think those are some of the, the, the big keys. Uh, can Kansas City's defense control the 49ers offense and 
Conversely, can San Francisco play a tighter defensive game against Mahomes and the Chiefs? But as I said, to me, you you pick against Patrick Mahomes at your own peril, <laughs> and I know that, and I know that you you rarely do that. And I unfortunately did the last two games. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> yeah, I'm also going to pick the Chiefs. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a great game. I think Mahomes will find a way in the fourth quarter. And I also look at this team, and I think they were underrated. I think if you went back and looked at their season, if Kadarius Toney had played like an average NFL receiver, not you know made the not lined up wrong in the game they lost uh, on that crazy play, not. Uh, batted a ball right into the, uh, the Lions' hands for a pick six. I mean, they he basically cost them three games. If yeah. if Canarius Tony had just played decently this season, that's a 14-win team and a number one seed uh, for all the other problems they went through. I think they've been underrated because they didn't, you know, because of him mainly, uh, and now they aren't using him. So I, I just think they're they're a really good team. I think they'll win. Uh, good stuff from Jeff. Enjoy the game on Sunday. I'm an, I know I'll enjoy it, and I'll be writing about it in the Star Tribune. Uh, we'll be back next week, and, man, it's going to be speculation season. We will. We'll, this is going to be the place you can come to figure out what is crazy and what's realistic when it comes to Vikings offseason moves. Uh, again, thanks to Jeff. Thanks to our producers. Thanks to everybody at TalkNorth.com, and thank you for listening.